Welcome to Lead and Lift with Shabaday Jaglal Ramnath, the podcast where we work with high-achieving moms in leadership on their communication and confidence. Now our host, Shabaday. Welcome back to another episode of Lead and Lift. I am your host, Shabaday Jaglal Ramnath, and my special guest today is Rob Fortier. Rob and I met back in 2021 in podcast launch school with our coach, Doug Sandler, and we both launched our podcast at the same time. And while I was in California last uh, December, Rob reached out and said, hey, we haven't connected in a long time. Let's get together and catch up. And I thought, hey, you know what? I'm just going to bring Rob on the podcast because he is an amazing copywriter, and I know that he would have some incredible words of wisdom to share with the audience. Now, Rob believes that email is one of the most cost-effective marketing tools for solopreneurs and small business owners. And let's face it, we all get on multiple emails every single day, and we're just like chomping at those keyboards sending things out. Rob will share with us how do we do that in the most effective way so that we're making an impact with our clients or the recipient of that email. Rob, I'm so honored that you decided to join us today. Welcome to the show. Oh, Shabaday, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Oh, I'm excited, Rob, because this is a time that I want to talk about copywriting with everything that's going on. But Rob, first, Can you share with me, how did you fall in love with copywriting? How much time do we have? (laughs) You know, it was kind of a circuitous journey. You know, I actually, when I moved to New York 25 years ago, I came here to be an actor. So I went to school for theater. And after a few years, I decided I liked being able to eat and pay my rent. So I moved into, you know, other sources of revenue. I moved into the business side of theater. I worked in the box office for a very long time. I worked in advertising for a short stint. And I actually started my own greeting card and stationery company that I ran for a number of years. And through that whole process, I started meeting other artists who were really great at what they do, but they were terrible at talking about it or selling their products. So I started coaching other people. I kind of fell in love with the coaching and then like, okay, I should study this. So I studied coaching and then I went on to help more people with not just like how to talk about their business, but how to market and all kinds of things related to marketing. And that led to, well, what they really struggle with is the writing part. So I took a step back. I studied with um, some amazing copywriters and came back out and said, this is what I really want to help people with is getting over that stumbling block of taking the ideas I have in my head and putting them down on paper or into an email or on a website. Because a lot of people have hangups about writing. I've discovered and they were taught in school to write. Writing had to be a certain way had to be, you know, you had to use formal language and you had to, you couldn't say this or that. And, or they, maybe they were told they weren't particularly good at it. So they sort of shied away from it and they had that ingrained in them. Like, I'm not good at writing. I can't do this stuff. So leading to copywriting really sort of, I liked empowering people. I liked that whole spirit of, yes, you can do this. And here's how you do it. If you're not the best writer, we'll find ways to make that work for you. But not showing up on the, especially in this day and age where we do so much that involves writing, it's texting, it's emails, it's, you know, on social media, it, we can't escape it. So if we resist it, you know, we're going to be left behind and we're going to be the people that 
people can't find your business or you know find you online if you're not out there and putting out content. Rob, thank you so much for sharing that because like copywriting, like this is all communication, written communication. And I mean, we're all humans. It doesn't matter what job we're doing, whether we're in corporate, we're in business, we're in, in business for ourselves, or even we're actors. We got to communicate with people. And like you said, now more than ever, we're, we're doing so many points of communication in the day with social media, with emails, constantly. We're also speaking to people. And if we don't learn the process of putting those thoughts together and then sharing it, we can't communicate. So I'm so happy that you shared that with us. Another thing you touched about there, Rob, that I do want to call out is, Yes, for a lot of us, when we're sitting and we see that cursor flashing, it's like your brain goes quiet because you don't know what to write. <laughs> yeah. Because when we were growing up, we were all taught to write a certain way. But what I've learned two years ago when I became, you know, most interested in this digital economy is that, you know, for copywriting, you got to write a different way than how we were taught in school. So I'm okay. so happy that you brought that up. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Rob, you moved from actor to coach to copywriter. Yeah. Okay, I and love kind that. Of like, what? You know, what, who does that? <laughs> I love that because, like I said, we all need to communicate and we all chug out those emails without even thinking sometimes we're writing stuff. <laughs> so, Rob, what most recently, and this just happened in January, I learned about ChatGPT. Now, it's like a buzzword out there. Everybody's talking about it. If you haven't tried it yet, I'll make sure I put the link in the show notes, but you can Google it because it's out there. And Rob, this AI is knocking out content for you like crazy. It can write emails. It can summarize stuff. It can write elevator pitches. How do you feel about that as a copywriter? Well, the, the you would think my instinct would be to like, no, I'm going to lose my job. Let's run away. Um, but actually, I've taken the opposite approach and decided to embrace it. And for those of you listening that don't know, we know what we're talking about. It's artificial intelligence, and it's it's really the thing that fuels a lot of programs that we already use. If you use something like Grammarly, that's got artificial intelligence behind it. But it's become more and more prevalent, and it's going to be built into the products that we use. I think Microsoft just announced that they are building this technology into their new releases. So the thing about AI that is so great is that it can help you come up with so many wonderful ideas in a very short period of time. You know, like if you needed to write an email or an article and you're like, I have an idea, sort of, but I'm not really sure, you can go to chat GPT and ask questions and it will generate like, hey, give me a list of 10 ideas about what to write about, you know, real estate this week. And it will generate these ideas from you. So as a research tool, it is amazing just how fast it is. Um, it can also write some pretty decent content too, if you ask it to write you an article or a blog post or description. So the thing that's interesting about it though, is that it's good stuff, but I always look at it as it's a starting point for somebody to use. Because one of the things that right now about ChatGPT, the limitations on it, is you don't know where the information comes from. It doesn't cite anything like, you know, this fact came from, you know, this website or, you know, this author. And so you you have to be careful because you're not sure if the data it provides you is accurate. So you have to make sure you're if you're using it, you do your research on the facts. 
but as a way to take it and say, oh, this is a really good idea. I can now take this idea and run with it and write my own thing. I think that's where right now we're going to see the lot of use, the biggest use for it. Because right now, one of the things that ChatGPT can do is it can't infuse your personality as, you know, as, um, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. It can't take your unique voice and put it into the dialogue. It can do f- cool things like, hey, write this in the style of, you know, this comedian or, you know, this, this uh, famous speaker. But it doesn't know how to be you at this point. And I always feel like from an entrepreneurial standpoint, the thing that makes us be able to have clients and have a business is us right? There's a million people that are copywriters that do what I do. Who do you decide who to hire? Well, it's someone that you can relate to, that understands you, and is going to be able to get your points across. And, you know, hey, maybe you want someone who's fun to work with too. That's me. So it's all, but ChatGPT doesn't know how to interpret other people's personalities quite yet. So that's one of the things that I think my job is still safe for a while is that we can use that as a research tool, as a jumping off point, but we still need that human touch to make it relatable and have emotion so that other people can relate to it. I love that, Rob, the way you talked about that unique voice, it's missing it, and also that human touch, because we can't get that yet from artificial intelligence. But for me, I used it on Saturday. I sat there and I was looking to craft some headlines because usually those take me a long time. And there was a system that I used to use, but I said, hey, I'm going to use this in chat GPT. So for research, for headlines, for key phrases, I thought it was great, but I used it to search a topic that I'm well aware of. So the information I got, I can tell whether it was accurate or not. And I noticed that it kept repeating some of the same things over and over. But Mm, I mean, it's for me, I did the research in an hour that would have taken me a couple of days to do. So that added value to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great that you you just you just um, named a perfect example of how to use that because you were also familiar with your topic. That's important, too, is that you knew that the facts it was producing were correct. You know, I have a friend who recently he's a professor who gave ChatGPT a test he had put together and it got the first question right. And questions two and three were totally wrong, but the answers were so convincing that if you didn't know the topic, you'd be like, yeah, that sounds really good to me. So that's the danger of it is there are, pe- there are copywriters or out there who, well, I should say there are people out there, not necessarily copywriters, who are using this to replace copywriters and they don't really know the quality of what they're researching. If they're trying to write articles for topics that they don't know anything about, they can get themselves into sticky situations. Also, at this point, too, you know, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, Google can detect AI generated content. So then there are other AI sites that rewrite the content that ChatGPT writes and and on and on and on. So there's a lot of um, things happening in that world to sort of disguise what comes out of ChatGPT and make it into other formats. And we could see an evolution of those, two where maybe it does start to learn your voice, which would be kind of cool. But yeah, knowing what you're actually putting out there and verifying that it's accurate is really important if you're going to use um, something like ChatGPT. That's great, Rob. So Rob, we talked about using ChatGPT as a starting point to start your research mm-hmm. and also do something that you're familiar with on the topic so you can vet for yourself the, yeah. the value of that information. But we also talked about it doesn't have that human voice and it can't replace human interaction yet. 
So that means you're still the copywriter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because because copywriting has, you know, unlike other forms of writing, it has a casualness to it. I mean, if you're in a very technical industry, obviously that's very different from if you're trying to sell shoes or, you know, or maybe your social media coach. Those are very different areas. But the writing style can change. You might use things that are not complete sentences. You might, you know, you use emojis, you use all kinds of things that don't come into formalized writing. And so that's another area that we can sort of add to is, you know, how do I make this more formal or less formal? I mean, ChatGPT has some features to do that, but it doesn't really take it as far as someone like you and I would to really see our audience because ChatGPT doesn't know your people, right? You as the expert know your people. And so you have to make sure that the tone and the quality of the material is catered to those folks. Otherwise, they're going to be like, well, who's this person writing for Chabonet's newsletter right now? Like, this doesn't sound like her. And they're going to know it's going to, you know what I mean? So you still have to go in and make it sound like you because that's that's what people want. They want your personality. That's why they subscribed. They want your good stuff. They want your content. They want your teaching, but they want you too. They want a part of that. Thanks, Rob. That is amazing. That's an incredible reminder to all of us that although we have access to this incredible tool, we can use it for research, but we should still write our stuff or use some of the ideas so that we still have some creativity. Because I mean, we want to be using our brains too to do things. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so Rob, you talked about those emails and we know as business owners, those emails are so important because that's how we communicate with clients. That's how we convert clients, well, prospects into clients. That's how we support our existing clients with all these email sequences that we have. But for me personally, I found that if you tell me we're going to write an email sequence, and it's a 15 email sequence, I'll sit and watch that screen flashing. <laughs> Whereas if I open my inbox and I have 50 emails that I have to respond to, I'll just sit there and start writing it and I'll get all done. But the minute you say we're writing a sequence, I get like a roadblock. So Rob, what yeah. is that? And as an entrepreneur, how do we get over those things? Yeah, that's such a good point about the difference between, you know, responding to our personal emails or, you know, one-off emails and writing a sequence. I think for a lot of people, the whole task, it, they make it into this giant daunting task, right? I have to write this sequence. It sounds like mammoth and it sounds like it would take me days and I'll never get through it. Blah, blah, blah. So you kind of have to, you know, first of all, take a breath and realize, okay, where do I want this to go? Like, what is the end result of sending the email sequence? You know, you don't just want to send, I mean, you want to send content and things, but you, you know, it's part of the experience of having a prospect on that customer journey of where did they start from? What do they need? And where do you need them to end up? And a lot of times the end up is purchasing, you know, a product, it's investing in a program, it's it, or taking it, signing up for something, it's another step. So you have to sort of start with the with the ends. Where do I want them to go and back up from there and say, okay, in order to guide somebody on these points, what do they need? What do we need to discuss? We need to talk about, you know, the issues that they're having. We need to talk about their challenges. We need to talk about what they've tried and hasn't worked before. We need to give them some resources to say, okay, if you got stuck on here, here's a resource I can give you, whether it's something that that's yours or somebody else's like the YouTube video or another blog to read, you're giving them value. You're building that relationship with people. So if you can think of it like a conversation, like Shabade, if we sat down and said, you know, you said, I have this problem. 
then can you help me with it? I'd say, okay, great. So let's talk about it. And so think of it as a conversation. Well, what would I say to you first? What would come next? Oh, I have this idea. You should read this book. You should do this. You know what? Um, I have, I did this last week and give them some advice. So, and then in the end, it might be like, well, you know what you really need to do is X, Y, Z. So if you can remove the expectation of it has to be like this and think of it as a dialogue that you then break up into pieces that come out over time and what's the next thing, what's the next thing, that makes it a lot easier to write as opposed to, you know, what you think it has to be. Just let yourself just put it together and make it a conversation. And sometimes that actually helps people if you sit down and record it rather than trying to write it out and say, okay, who am I talking to? Like get your person in mind and just have that conversation. Or maybe you actually get somebody on the phone and record it and do this conversation, role play it out and see what comes up out of it. What questions do they have? And that's going to give you a lot of information and make it much easier to write. Rob, that is gold. Because a lot of times we sit and, and we get that block when we look at the cursor and it is like a big mountain that you have to climb and it's like, oh my God, I'm not a copywriter. I don't know how to do this. I'm just developing my skills. And you know, you put all those negative things in because I wasn't taught to write this way. You know, everything starts with a perfect, you know, uppercase in the sentence and you're <laughs> going on like that. But I love what you said. Think about sitting there with that person and you, you're helping them solve a problem. They walk in and they tell you they have this problem and you're first discovering what is it they've tried, what they've done, and you take them on that journey with you to get to that end step, which is, well, maybe my program might be best for you or maybe I need to refer you to, to Rob because you want copywriting and I don't, I don't do that as a service. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And the other thing you said there is, Keep it as a dialogue or just call somebody who you know have that problem, a real person, and maybe record that conversation with them and then use that to, to write the copy. Because I guarantee you, the way you talk to a person is different from if you sit to write that sentence, because you would make it a perfect sentence, but yeah. we don't talk that way. Right, right. That's such a great point. And we also, too, um, you know, for it entrepreneurs that are listening, we know what we do and we're so close to it that we don't often talk about it in a way that other people talk about it. So the thing about having a conversation with a friend or a client, you get to hear their words, how they describe the problem. And that is something you can use in your writing too, because it makes it more relatable. It also makes it more searchable. Like you're thinking, oh, someone's going to search for this. And that's not really how they're talking about the problem. They're never going to find you if they're looking for you on the internet. I love that too, Rob, using their words, because a lot of times like I get emails and I save them because when I look at that subject line or the first thing in the email, it's like, oh my God, how do they know that that's exactly what I'm thinking about? <laughs> yeah, they've done their homework. Yeah. Um, and, that, <laughs> and saving those emails, that's a great thing to do. I have a file or anything with a fun subject line or a cool approach. I just put it in a file. And so when I need an idea, I just sort of scroll through them and see what sparks some um, in some interest, some ideas in my own head. So that you're doing something really valuable and saving those. It's going to help you in the long run. Thanks, Rob, because it stopped me, right? Because I was in that spot. I'm having that problem. So I'm aware of that. And like I said, I only learned this two years ago. So I've been practicing because I feel as though copywriting wasn't the skill that I had 
because I wasn't using that、uh-huh. to do the work that I was doing. So it seemed like something new that I had to learn and grow and develop. And yes, I bought courses, and I'm always trying to find out how do copywriters think about these things when they have to write. Because because Rob, for example, some of your clients they tell you. Who their audience is, and you have to then write that copy or that sequence for them. So, how do you do that? And you know, a lot of it comes back to the, the one of the biggest questions I always ask people is, what is the biggest problem that you solve for people? If I'm going to hire you or work with you, and because a lot of times people have they struggle to answer that question. They know all the things that they do, but what is the biggest problem? Because When you can, because that's what people pay money for. At the end of the day, you, I mean, not everything is a problem. Like you might buy a shirt because it's, it, you think it's nice, but that solves a problem of like I need a shirt to wear someplace. Great, but、uh, you know, other th- other kinds of programs and things. If you can't identify the problem you help people with, you, then you're facing this uphill battle of trying to convince somebody to buy something as opposed to showing them the path to solve something that they have been struggling with. So that's always the biggest question I ask people: is what, where are we trying to end up? What's the biggest problem we're going to solve? Because then it becomes, then you get the symptoms from that, right? If my problem is like I want to lose twenty five pounds, great, and then I have, you know, I don't exercise enough, I eat junk food, I do this, that, the other thing, then you can back out of it and then talk about those issues. So that is that is always where we start with people, but it also I have to spend some time getting to know people too before I can write for them. You know, you I you know read stuff that they have written if they have any kind of content already. I watch videos. You know,、uh, if they have YouTube channel, I check out their social media because I want to find out what kind of things they say and don't say. Do they have phrases they always use? And I want to make sure I incorporate that into the language when I write for them. Oh, that sounds so good. Because a <laughs> lot of times we're not even aware of the phrases we constantly use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, Rob, what would be some key strategies then? Because we're writing these emails, or we're having copywriters write these emails for our clients. What would be some strategies for increasing that interaction then with the clients? How do you get them to hit the reply button and reply to you, or to when they get to that last email in the sequence to actually take that action? Yeah. One thing that's important to remember is that we are all emotional creatures. So you know, when you try to keep your emails like sterile and just to the point, like I have a client who, you know, she likes to get to the point pretty quickly, and it's kind of like jarring. It's like, well, I want a little more ride. You want to? I want you to get me on board with the how I'm feeling about this. So one thing is, it's important to keep in mind is keeping that emotional content like. Concept of how do your what are your people feeling? Are they frustrated? Are they angry? Are they excited? So that is a key thing: is where are they with what you are trying to offer them? What's that place? And how do you talk to that point? Right? How do we identify that problem? How do we agitate it a little bit? Like you know, stir up the pot. Like yeah, get them riled up, and then we can offer the solution in terms of what we are offering. Another thing a lot of people don't do is they they're like,、oh, I don't want to ask people to do stuff. Ask people to do stuff in emails. Like I can't tell you how many emails I get. Or even if you're doing content, if you're not trying to sell anything, ask someone to do something. To click on a link, to you know, watch a video, or go read the rest of the story that's on your blog, or even just to reply back and say, "Hey, I'm listening. You know, what are you struggling with, or what do you have for ideas about this?" 
even if you don't get any replies, it's okay. You have opened the door and people see, oh, he is open to communicating with me because that's been a big thing that's changed in the world in the last 20 years is marketing used to be, I'm just going to talk at you. And now it's not, it's a dialogue. It's an interaction. And, you know, with the whole web three coming out, that's going to even change it more as people generate more and more content themselves that can interact with you. So you know, keep that in mind. Just you have to open the door. I think that's a lot of mistake a lot of people make. I was uh, coaching somebody the other day, and he was like, "Well, I don't want to ask for people to like and subscribe on my YouTube channel because everybody does that." I'm like, "There's a reason because you want them to do that." So just it's funny. Yes, everybody does it, but you have to open that door for people and show them what the next step is. Otherwise, you're doing them a disservice. I think one of the things too is to keep in mind you know, your own voice when you're writing any of this stuff. You know, I touched on that about personality, but it's very easy, especially if you're hiring somebody else to have it be sanitized. Or if you're following, you know, templates are a great example. Like templates are awesome. I believe in templates for people, but you have to make them your own. If you take a template and fill in like your name and your product and then send it off, it's going to read like that. So it has to be, you have to keep your voice in mind when you're constructing this stuff. And open, like I said, and open the door. People know, you know, like I, in my email sequence, I say some funny stuff like about like, I like making chocolate chip cookies and a few other random things. And people write back like, they're like, oh my gosh, I like chocolate chip cookies too. Like, it's amazing. You know, you are a person and people want to know that. They want to see that. So keep that in mind when you're writing um, emails too as well. Oh, Rob, that is so brilliant. I love that. And one of the things that I've been doing too is doing that, keeping that door open in my own email sequence. So as part of this podcast, if you go to leadandlive.com, you can get into a newsletter that I share about the podcast, about the episodes, some behind the scene things on there. And I usually tell the audience, you know, like reply to me. If you hit reply, it comes in my inbox and I do respond to you. And most recently I sent them a note about first times, right? Mm. Because it was going to be the first time that I would be an author. It was the first time I went to Las Vegas. So first times. And I got so many emails back from people because <laughs> it great. stood up. It stood up stuff for them. And I'm like, okay. So they were so excited. They responded. I responded to them. It's great to keep that door open and have them interact. And I agree with you. We can't get that from the AI copy because we're sharing personal things about ourselves and we're making that human connection in those emails. Yeah. And on a more technical note too, the more often you get people to click and respond, you know, you get rewarded for that in the long run. A lot of email service providers, they see what happens to your emails. Are they being opened? Are they people responding? And so when people respond, it kind of sends a flare of like, oh, this person wants to get your emails. We're going to make sure they go to the right place. So you're actually helping the relationship of not just the person who you're talking to, but of your whole email list, because you're going to be sort of put higher priority in the long run if you have interaction rather than just people reading your emails and never opening them or just, you know, or just deleting them. Oh, Rob, that is so valuable. So, Rob, I know that you have a gift to share with the audience today, something that I know I'm going to download and take a look at, (laughs) and I know I'm going to use it. Can you share with us what the gift is? Sure. It's called Create Fast Nurture Emails. It is five different types of templates that you can use to write hundreds of emails. 
to nurture and create a relationship with your email list. So they run from, you know, very easy to write, like a little graphic and a few sentences to teaching something to giving a list of resources. So it's five different ways that you can keep your pipeline of emails filled without having to spend a lot of time doing that. Oh, Rob, that sounds amazing. Thank you for that gift. And sure. Rob, what's a one primary way to connect with you? Um, the Probably the best way is to find me through uh, my website. It's my first and last name. It's rob48.com. Um, don't judge me. I'm like the shoemaker with, you know, no shoes. Because I'm the copywriter who is like, oh, yeah, I should work on my website. So, you know, come over and say hi. You can reach out to me uh, there and you can find links to all my social media on the site as well. Perfect. And Rob, we'll add all those links into the show notes. So you don't have to go write it down now. It would all be there, including the gift that Rob is sharing with us. And Rob, you've shared some amazing things with us. I love the chat GPT conversation we've had. I love that we talked about keeping that emotional connection and also framing our our minds different when we sit to write and think of it more like a conversation where we have those emotional connections. Rob, any final words of wisdom to share with our audience today on copywriting? Sure. Uh, my biggest thing I tell people is that done is better than perfect. So you can have the best ideas for content, writing emails, and if you never get them out of your head and hit that little send button, you're doing everybody you work with a disservice. So just focus on small ways to get, you know, schedule it in your calendar, get it out the door, set yourself a goal of a couple times a month if that's all you can handle right now. But don't build an email list and then never talk to your people because you're just wasting your time. So just let go of the perfection and just keep practicing. The only way to get better at writing is to be doing it. You can't just think about it. You have to actually put it into practice and see what kind of response you get. There's a lot of experimentation in copywriting. And so start that experiment today. Oh, Rob, thank you so very much, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Lead and Lift podcast. And remember, you have the ability to lead and lift others on your journey. Thank you for listening to Lead and Lift with Shabade Jagwal Ramna. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guests contact information in the show notes. We have resources to improve your leadership, your communication, and your confidence at leadandlift.com. We invite you to go check those out. Stay tuned for the next episode.